Because I, I remember I would tell you guys when we would hang out, like, oh yeah, my life is good, but I just have this big drama, right? Yeah. And I would associate that with me. Mm-hmm. That that like other people's issues or other people's relationship or whatever was a part of me. Mm. Right. And that I had to be in it. But CBT is like, no, you do have a good life actor. Mm-hmm. You don't have drama. Right? Yeah. You you don't have to be a part of that or you don't have to let it be a part of you. Right. And I, I think there's a difference to that, like it being part of you and you let you letting it be a part of you. Right. Whoa. I didn't have to let it be a part of me anymore. Because your trauma didn't identify you. Yeah. Yeah. And I and that's where I set the boundary. What is up, everybody? What's up? Welcome to the Unfed Podcast, episode four. Numero cuatro. What's up, Jenny? How you doing today? I'm doing great. It's how, a great weekend, huh? How are you doing, Carlos? I'm having fun. This is so much fun, especially with our special guest, which we will be introducing shortly. We have some special updates and announcements. We have expanded to, drum roll, please, Asia. Whoa! Yes, you mean to tell me we have people in Asia listening? Yeah, it's um, I've been getting a couple of emails, and when I read those, I am completely in awe by the response, wow. by the feedback. So the fact that um, you know, this is beyond North America, beyond California, pretty big stuff for us, dude. And with only four episodes. Three. This is our fourth one. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And this one's coming in a little bit late because of the holiday weekend. But uh-huh. yeah, hope everybody's enjoying their holiday weekend. Yeah. Happy Memorial Day. But let's move on. Let me introduce to you guys our very special guest. Who is, is it? my best friend, Hector. What's up, boy? What's up, best friend? How you doing? Let's go with the... I thought I was the best friend. Sorry. You're the big sister. (laughs) You're the big mom. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) But um, we have Hector here today who's going to share a little bit about his story. But before doing so, how about you introduce yourself to the listener? Because I know you very well. But I'm ready and I'm excited for this episode to learn a little bit more about you. So um, tell us a little bit of who you are and just what you do. A little background. Yeah. Well, I'm 27. I'll be 28 in the, in the end of July. And I work in the film industry. Cool. What's that like? It's been great. I work behind the scenes on TV shows. Um, I've done some pretty big shows, a couple movies like 911. Um, Grownish, Blackish, American Horror Story. I've done a couple of days on the movie Mulan. All of the issues, huh? All of the issues. And I think we're going to get more issues <laughs> and I'm going to work on those. <laughs> so That's it's, awesome. It's been fun. I, I enjoy what I do. It's really cool. Just working with talent. I remember growing up, I wanted to be an actor or a baseball player. Those are two things that I've always wanted to do. Right. And acting, I didn't do, <laughs> obviously. but working with actors behind the scenes, it's pretty cool to still be that close to my dream, you know, at at that time. I mean, your life's not over yet. Maybe you can transition. I do be acting. (laughs) (laughs) Acting petty, acting cool, acting funny, acting like a best friend. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. But we barely know you, so. 
Yeah, I, I, I do that. <laughs> and, um, you know, on my free time, I like going to batting cages, uh, go bowling sometimes. Um, shout out Brandon. Uh, hey, our, that boy Brandon. my yeah. bowling buddy. Yeah. Um, so I just try to stay active on my free time or, if I'm, you know, at my own place, I'll just watch anime or The Office or Grey's Anatomy. Ooh, yeah, the so, so you're on like TV. He's on set and he's watching. <laughs> Imagine just watching. Oh yeah, well, I I was there when they were recording that. I scene. never do. I never no. watch any show that I've worked on because I'm watching it live, and it doesn't interest me. The only show I've worked on that I've watched is American Horror Story when we filmed that L- one of the LA parks like at night. Uh huh. So it was really cool. Um. So you guys should check it out. It was the last season. I worked on it. <laughs> <laughs> I was a part of that. You, didn't, Shout you out. won't see me, but I worked on yeah. it. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Not even in the background? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just making sure. Well, um, like I said, I'm excited to hear a little bit about your story because we've shared a lot. But there's there's more that I can learn about my best friend, huh, Jenny? I mean, I guess. I mean, like right here. But anyways. So um, if you can just uh, tell us a little bit of what you are here to share with us today before we get started. Yeah, I, I think... The biggest thing that I'm here to share with everybody is about boundaries. It's something that I've been learning the last couple months um, through therapy. Uh, I've been in therapy since last October. And uh, something I've learned is through CBT, which is cognitive behavior therapy. And it's been great. It's something that has benefited my relationship with you guys, with my parents, with other friends. And um, it's been great. It's something that's super helpful. Okay. Awesome. So let's get the ball rolling. Yeah. So Hector, where does your like mental health story begin? Mental health journey probably begins early. I mean, just my, my story itself growing up with a single mom, um, seeing her try to do things on her own at a very young age. She had me when she was 17 and living with her and other roommates and going to live with my grandma in my teenage years, I think just in the beginning. Right. Because something I've wanted growing up were two parents in my house and I didn't have that. And so I had a lot of resentment towards my mom and my dad. And eventually as I grew older and through therapy, I was like, Hey, they did their best. And maybe if I understand a little more, right then I won't have as much resentment and then there can be a a better boundary set with that. Right. Because I won't try to push for their love. I won't try to push for whatever things else and neglect myself or even neglect them. Right. So, um, I mean, you bring up that, you know, you grew up with a single mom. So can you just share with us a little bit of what, what life was like for you as a child? Um, how did you grow up? Yeah. So, Again, growing up with a single mom at mm-hmm. 17, I remember that, again, I wanted a mom and a dad and siblings at home, and I didn't have that for a really long time. I, I have a stepsister on my dad's side who I knew for a couple of years, and I have my little brother on my mom's side now, um, but for a long time, it was just me, and I remember my mom's boyfriend at the time, and, and her and I, we moved to New York. And we lived there for a couple of years and we came back and still stuck together. And that was probably the closest at the time that I had to two parents and siblings. Right. Um, 
And it was great. He had gotten me into baseball. He got me into sports. I remember he took me to Laker games and Clipper games. Um, and he was something that he was someone super crucial to my childhood. And even now, right. Because I'm into sports now and it was because of him, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that was a big part of my life. And he eventually left to go move to Houston. He had, he had his own daughter and he wanted to provide for her. And I had no ill feelings towards him. At what know? age did that happen? Eight or nine. Eight or nine. Pretty young. So you were young. And, and young. when was it with, when your dad, um, did he walk out on you guys? He, I mean, they were young, 17 and 22. Right. I, I think they just didn't know how to be together or want to be together. There's a kid in the mm -hmm. picture now and it's tough, right? Yeah. I mean. So it was just kind of like a split. Between yeah. It was just okay. a split. And I remember I would go visit him on the weekend sometimes, but I mean, I, I had resentments towards him already. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I had thought he was the reason I didn't have a family at home. Right. Mm. Um, so that was something that was hard for me to mm -hmm. visit him on the weekends and to want to talk to him. Hashtag relatable. Hashtag relatable. Uh -huh. And um, yeah, I, I had the guy, Jason, the my mom's boyfriend at the time, and he left to Houston. And that's when things really got tough for me because. Wait, so question, just so that I can follow too and the listeners can follow. Uh, so your parents separated. At birth. Oh, at birth. So oh, so yeah. you, didn't, you didn't really like technically grow up with your dad. No. Oh, okay. got it. That makes sense. Yeah. I would only visit him on the weekends. Got it. Starting at like probably eight. Oh, so this is while he was like right prior to you guys moving to New York. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, so you so had like a span line, of like eight years where yeah, you didn't. Timeline is birth. My parents separate and I don't really talk to him and, and visit him like that till I'm back in, in California after New York. Mm -hmm. Cause we lived in, in Van Nuys and he lived somewhere near Van Nuys mm -hmm. and we would, I would go visit on the weekends then. And that was really when I started hanging out with him or visiting him and, and stuff. But even then it was like, Hey, I don't want to hang out. I don't want to go over because of right. the ill feelings I have. Do, right. you, do you think that kind of that separation or not knowing you, uh, you have a dad growing up kind of made you feel like you had to grow up into like, I don't know, like growing up faster. Yeah. Yes. And I, I think it also combined with when Jason left. So, okay. it My mom's boyfriend. So, so had Jason been around, then you probably, that wouldn't have been the case because you would have had like a father figure. Yeah. Let's just say that would have been there with you. Right. Interesting. Or it would have helped heal that abandonment from his actual dad. Yeah. I mean, a number of things, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I think that my dad never being there for sure had a part of me growing up because I didn't have a, a, a man role right. in my life. And so naturally I have to be the man yeah. even at, at that young of age. And then come Jason leaving, my mom got to a point where she only knew work and she will work at night. Mm -hmm. And we ended up having some random roommates. And um, that's when it got tough because I would come home from, from elementary school she was asleep because she worked at night. Right. And then she would go to work and I would just lock myself in my room. How did, how did that feel? Like you say random roommates, like. It was weird. Yeah. I, I, would I, I don't, I don't like right now, 20 years later, 20 plus years later, I have no idea what their names were. Interesting. Dude. No idea. And, and like, so 
to clarify, did your home actually feel like a home? Because you're saying that you had random roommates and for like an eight, nine year old or 10 year old or whatever age you were at, like, did you feel comfortable in your own home? I felt fine. Okay. I, I knew I was safe in whatever way that looks like. I, I knew that no harm would be done to me physically or that I would be just not being able to have a room to sleep in. Right. Right. And it's just you and your fish sticks, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would <laughs> on those nights when my mom would work, I would go into the kitchen and make myself fish sticks yeah. and corn dogs and I would go back Jeez. in my room. Yeah. And that's, it's, it's funny because that's to this day, Yeah, that's, that's actually like. like fish sticks and corn dogs. I have fish sticks in my freezer right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have some after. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's Hector. Since I've met him, he's just like, oh, fish sticks and corn dogs. That's crazy, dude. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a really good question. Uh, what do you think made that feel safe though? Is it just the fact that you had a room or the fact that your mom was home, not home? Like, you guys, it seems like you guys had like different schedules too, you know, to an extent. I think it was my room. Oh, just the fact that you had a room. It was a safe haven for me. Okay. I had, I mean, I had a PlayStation. Yeah. And I would Shout play PlayStation. Sony. Yeah. And I would play my Xbox and I would eat fish sticks. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it wasn't. But low key, that sounds like a normal. I wasn't a complicated child. Yeah. 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 Maybe my problems now looking were complicated, but I was simple. I wanted my, my fish sticks and I wanted to play video games. And that was that. Yeah. Do you it think was simple. Do you think that because that's what you knew, you normalized it? Like, oh, it's okay. Like, this is what, like, my mom's working tonight. I'm just chilling. I knew it was weird. Yeah. I knew it was weird because my dad wasn't in the picture. Right. Right. He was in his apartment. And I only had my mom, but I didn't directly have my mom yeah. because she was working. And when I would come home, she was asleep. So I have my mom, but I don't really have my mom. Yeah. So mm-hmm. who was, I got that. Um, I mean, and now, now that brings up a question for me, like who was there taking care of you when your mom wasn't around, which it seems like even though she was around, you said it right. Like she was there, but she wasn't really there. So did you have anyone there that was helping your mom and kind of taking care of you or were you just self-sufficient to an extent? She had other friends, okay. you know, who, who would come visit and hang out and take me to Dodger games, um, to continue that for me. Cause they knew I liked that, mm-hmm. but at home directly, it was her when, when she could, when she wasn't working and the roommates, they never bothered me. Yeah. So I, I think they kept an eye on me, but it wasn't anything directly like, Hey, I want to nurture you and build you. Or anything like that. Right. Right. That's interesting. Um, and now, you know, 20 years later, right. Like how would you say that this kind of upbringing has contributed to your mental health and what you've been kind of dealing with? I've had a lot of resentments. Okay. And I've been bitter and I was angry for a long time towards my mom and even my dad. Mm -hmm. And I think that played a part when I was home with my mom because I was afraid to have a relationship with her. Mm -hmm. And so mentally I'm just battling with myself. Right. Do I want to be here? You know, I, I would get mad at my mom for whatever. Um, so I, I think it's been a process to understand where she's come from Mm -hmm. and understand that any 22 year old with a kid 
isn't going to be perfect. Right. Well, so I've learned to be more sympathetic, right? right. And to, to be more understandable, but it doesn't take away how I felt. Right. And if, can we expand a little bit more on kind of the, the, um, abandonment, right. And that you kind of experienced from your dad and then, um, it was, it was Jason. Mm -hmm. So, so your dad, Jason, and then your mom being there, but not necessarily being there. Like how, how did that look like? Um, you know, a little bit older Hector, maybe a teenage Hector. And, um, yeah. So if you can expand a little bit more on that. Yeah. I think that led to a lot of people pleasing. Okay. Oof. And hold on time out. That's like hashtag super, super relatable. Yeah. People pleasing. Yeah. People pleasing. You know, I, I ended up moving in with my grandma at 11. Shout okay. out Conch. Yeah. Conch, best bread out there. <laughs> yeah, she's I, awesome. I ended up moving out there with uh-huh. my grandma. Um, or, sorry, insider. Her name is actually Consuelo, but we no. call her Conch. No. No? No. no. Maria Lara. No? Maria Lara. Oops. Just <laughs> <Yeah>. kidding. <laughs> Maria wrong. Concepcion Lara. Oh, there Concepcion, you the, go. The, yeah. Consuelo. Yeah. Wrong C. <laughs> yeah, she's great wrong though. C. <laughs> yeah. So I ended up moving in with her and my aunt and my uncle. Um, and that's where I found church, our old church. Okay. It was something that, that I just grabbed onto mm-hmm. because it was community. And that's where we all met, huh? Yeah. 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 It was family for me. Right. And it was something big for me, right? Because I had grown up wanting a family. I wanted siblings. And at the time, I, my, my little brother wasn't born yet. And I had found that with church. And so I grabbed onto it and I held mm. onto it with everything. But... I think that. Oh, whoa. So this whole time you were like a single kid. Yes. Like it was just you and your mom. Yes. Oh. Not until I was 17, 10, 12 years ago. Bro, that's a long 16, time. Yeah. yeah. So you went from yeah, birth to 17, not having AJ or any really sibling in your household. Yes. Okay. Because even my dad had, has his own daughter mm-hmm. on his side, but they moved to, New, to Utah. Yeah. So it, it was just a weird dynamic. But AJ, a direct sibling wasn't 12 years ago. Um, But with church, it was something I held on to. And it it was something that that kept me going in my teenage years. You know, in your teenage years, you're trying to figure yourself out, find your your community, everything, right? Yeah. And community was that thing for me. Right. Mm -hmm. And I started serving. I wanted to volunteer. I was doing everything and anything to just get plugged in and to have to be with that family. Right. 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 I can spend all the time with this family to have a sense of belonging. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was like, Hey, I'm going to do it. But looking at it now, I think that there's a, there's a fine line between serving Mm -hmm. and people pleasing. Mm -hmm. And I think I would tend to cross that boundary and look to people, please. Right. You know why you did that? I mean, obviously you, like we started off, it, it stems from, uh, abandonment. Mm-hmm. So, but do you know why you were people pleasing and your thought process behind I, it? I think looking at it now, I would do it so that if I am serving you or people pleasing you and going above and beyond, I am ensuring that you don't abandon me, Oof. that you see how much I love oh God, you. That's crazy. You see how much wow. I care for you. Yeah. You see how much, you know, money I'm willing to spend to buy you lunch or whatever. Right. The yeah. whole nine yards. Yeah. If you see me do this, I am ensuring you don't abandon me. 
Right. Wow. Let me ask you a question. So in, in, in all of this, cause I know that there's different people that deal with how they gift differently. So when you gave, were you expecting anything in return? And this is, I don't know if it's even related, but were you expecting anything in return or was it just kind of, I'm just ensuring that friendship and that's it. Like you don't need them to spot you for lunch. You don't need them to buy you gifts. You don't need them for anything. You just want to have that quality time, let's just say with them. Right. I, I think it was mainly the first part where I just wanted to love on them and uh-huh. serve them and have quality time with them. But I know there were instances where I would get a call. Mm-hmm. Hey, come to LA and I wonder who that was. I don't know. Was it me? <laughs> was it you? I don't know. But, uh-huh. I, but I, w- I would get a call like, Hey, let's, let's go to B-dubs. And it's like 11 at night. Right. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like, let's just hang out yeah. for an hour. Right. We're going to uh-huh. eat. We're going to hang out. And we're gonna at go 11 home. at night. Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. And those, those years were fun. We were young. Yeah. We were like two, three, four in the morning and then Hector half asleep. All right. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta go to work tomorrow. Yeah. But yeah. I, I would do that. And looking at it now, what should I do? What I do it now? Absolutely. No, <laughs> no, no way. But I, I did it. And I think I did it because, Hey, I'm going to be with my friends. I'm going to be with Carlos and, and Josie and Carolyn and the, and that family who, who has adopted me right. and who has been that family for me that I've always longed for. Right. With siblings and parents. And, and that's your family, right? Carlos? Yeah, that's my family. Like your, his family. Yeah. yeah. Your family too, Jenny. I mean, by extension. <laughs> yeah. Only through marriage. <laughs> yes. But I, I would say, Hey, if I'm going to go drive to LA to spend an hour with my friends, they're going to see how much I love them. And I'm just ensuring they don't, ab- they, they don't abandon me. Right. You know? And do I know, like now, I know you guys wouldn't do that just out of the blue, right? I, mean, I guess. <laughs> but, but, but it's because I understand your love languages now, right? Yeah. Like for you guys, it's quality time. So when I go over to the house and we're just hanging out, I, I, have, I don't need to buy you lunch. I have to clarify that. My love language is pizza. <laughs> Mine too. Bro, that's why we get along. Come on. <laughs> but I know I don't have to go to B-dubs an hour away yeah. for yeah. you. Yeah. I know you're going to still love me anyways. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and it's funny because when I look back at those, um, at those years and just thinking like with my family and my dad and my mom and how they legit adopted you. Like, Hey Hector, if you wanted to sleep over, you knew that you could sleep over. I have an elephant. Was, yeah. Oh, so that, Explain the elephant because <laughs> I need to know what's going on. So there. my dad's favorite animal is an elephant. Like he loves horses and he loves elephants. And there was uh, this time that he was at some swap meets or in downtown LA and he bought some like elephant, elephant keychains. And he gave me one. He gave my sisters one. Um, he gave my mom. He had he had one for himself. And he was also basically like, one for the whole family. Yeah, and he or I think he gave each. one. He gave one to Titi, which is Carolyn's uh, my sister's husband, and then he gave one to Hector. And so when, uh-huh. when, when Hector got one, I was just like, bro, like you made it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was random. Yeah. We were, we Aww. were gonna, we were going somewhere Yeah, and we were in the van and in, in, at the apartment and he was like, here, 
And I'm like, what? <laughs> the most yeah. awkward. Yeah. Thing. I was like, wait, what's going on? Yeah. And, and he explained it to me and I'm like, yo. <laughs> yeah. No. And it's just like, so again, just looking <laughs> back like, at those you're years. You're part of my tribe now. <laughs> <laughs> Elephant tribe. Shout Heck out. Yeah. Um, but just remember, like looking back at those years, I, I don't remember ever. I don't think I would have ever like noticed that or recognized that. So it's crazy how you kind of like hid that like deep inside you. Right. Because for us, we're just like, let's just hang out with Hector or let's have Hector over. And, um, and my mom, I know that she wanted like 50 kids. She won't, yeah, she said I know she, she adopted me, but she, I didn't get an elephant. So no, there's levels to yeah. this. <laughs> Sorry, bro. Yeah. No, um, she, she wanted six kids. So for her, it was just like, well, I had three and whoever they marry, they're going to be, you know, like added, added children. Aww. And then, um, even like, um, my friend Mario at the time, when he would be like, he would come over all the time, like everyone was getting adopted. So again, thinking about actor, like I didn't think, bro, like, oh yeah, you know, whatever he's dealing with, he doesn't have a brother. You were special. No, I was, I, I didn't think <laughs> I that he it. was, I didn't think that he was. Is that why you hit me with a soccer today? <laughs> a soccer ball in my face? So time out. So Memorial Day, right? <laughs> we went to the park and I accidentally hit, kicked Hector in the face with a soccer ball. Accidentally, quotation marks. <laughs> back in. So, um, I never, I never stopped to think like, Oh, Hector doesn't have like a brother. Hector doesn't like, he lives with his grandma or anything like that. Um, so the fact that you bring that up now, eight years later, it's just like mind blown. Yeah. Yeah. I, I am. I've had to learn right. And identify my, my abandonment and right. my people pleasing and how to combat that. And I've had to combat that through boundaries. Right. Wait, so at what point did you realize like, hey, I need to have some boundaries? I didn't learn that until therapy last October. But okay, so. So I never had boundaries. So bring me back. Um, at what point, maybe just, I should just clarify. At what point did you realize, oh, shoot, I need therapy because I need to, you know. Yeah. Like what was the breaking point? Yeah, I, I think. It wasn't even the abandonment or the people pleasing. It was what? family issues at home. Okay. Yeah. That, that was, I, I was living with my mom and my stepdad and my little brother for the last 10 years mm -hmm. and last couple of years, marital issues. And it's, I mean, looking at it, a marriage is hard. Just right. watching them and, Amen. and, um, seeing all that, I was like, I don't want to be home. Right. And to be a part of other people's problems or their consequences or whatever. Like I am 26. I want my own place. I want to do, I want to get healthy. Yeah. And so these home problems and these issues or things going on with my parents, that led me to want to get therapy because it was a lot and it was heavy and it was things that were reminding me of my childhood when oh. I lived just with my mom. Okay. I, I was just about to ask him that. Cause like you have child trauma of abandonment, then people pleasing. And then now you're in your twenties and you're re-experiencing some of those earlier signs of, you know, your parents not being together. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that was me, me looking at it and seeing I'm living my childhood again. Right. And I don't like my childhood and I haven't healed from my childhood. 
I have to do something about it. Wow. Right. So then um, I know like as we kind of dive deeper into the boundaries that you've created, I want to ask you two questions. Um, the first one uh, is how would you say that those like childhood traumas have in essence affected the way that you perceive relationships? And this is pre pre-therapy, right? Like what was your perception or your perspective of like a relationship and how you should treat that? That's one. And then two, obviously seeing this and it's getting replayed now for your little brother, like, like how did that make you feel? Yeah. I think for the first one, I, I grew up with this mentality that I'm going to be better than my dad. I'm going to be there for my child Mm. and I'm going to be home and I'm going to make sure that I love on them and I learn who they are and all that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think me having that mindset already and going into dating or relationship, I was like, Hey, if we get married, like I'm going to be the best dad and I'm going to love you. But I didn't know how that looked like. I didn't know what a relationship that was healthy looked like because it was just my mom or it was just my dad. Right. Or oh, whatever. So you were only focusing on like the child aspect. It was like, my child's going to be okay. I was yeah. only but looking at it as the father. Whoa. Yeah. Not looking at it as the no. boyfriend. So I had no idea how that would look like. And in my dating experience. Right. I failed in that because Whoa. I didn't know. That's crazy. Cause that's essentially where it starts. If yeah. you don't have a good relationship with yourself, like knowing who you are, what your boundaries are. And then like, you're bringing another person into the mix. And if they don't know like what a healthy relationship looks like. Yeah. Then yeah. Like misery well, loves company. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 So I, I had no idea how that looked like. And it's something I'm learning and I'm surrounding yeah. myself with the right people now to, to observe and to learn. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just looked at it in the role of a father and loving a child. That's crazy. And so what was the second question? The second question was, um, now that, you know, you as you grew up and you started seeing these uh, problems essentially kind of replicate themselves, right? Like history repeats itself now. Now your mom's having these issues with her, uh, with her husband. And now you can see AJ going through the same thing that you were going through as a child. Right. So um, like, how did you kind of tackle that at that point? I think I tried to save AJ for a okay. while. Uh-huh. Mm. I think I tried to, Make sure he wasn't me. Got it. But I, I think looking at it now, I was trying to save myself. Right? Yeah. Because I'm looking at myself. I'm not looking at AJ. I'm looking at myself. Wow. That's crazy. So I think I tried to be a big brother and I tried to be a, a good role model and be that person that I didn't have. It kind of almost seems like you tried to step into that father figure that you didn't have. I did. Yeah. I I mean, at at times I felt like I was a parent. Yeah. And I felt like I had to pick up the slack or to just do whatever I could to save AJ. Right. And to protect him. Yeah. And looking at it now, that's not my job. Yeah. I'm not his dad. Yeah. I'm his brother. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's a big difference between father and sibling. Right. And um, 
Yeah, it, it was it was a weird scenario because mm-hmm. my childhood was being triggered through these things and I was it was all coming to fruition and I'm like, okay, I don't like these things. And then I'm looking at AJ and I'm like, I don't like these things for AJ. So how do I save him and how do I navigate what I'm feeling and what I'm going through? And so it was just a very weird dynamic. Right. So how did, um, you know, obviously you, you went through all of this stuff, you go to start going to therapy and then you learn boundaries, right? So we've talked about your, uh, abandonment. We've talked about, um, you know, this idea of people pleasing and then, and then not only with your friends, but essentially you're doing that with like your little brother, you're doing that with your mom, you're doing that with your stepdad, you're everybody. doing that with everybody. Yeah. So, um, what, what was it about boundaries that you learned that said, shoot, like I need to do this. And you identified all these boundaries that you had to create with every relationship in your life, really. Yeah. I think boundaries, I mean, it, it just, it protected me right. more than anything. It protected me. I didn't have to involve myself in my parents' drama or I didn't have to be a father to someone that wasn't my child. I didn't have to drive to LA for an hour mm-hmm. to hang out. I didn't have to do any of that. It protected me and I was able to say, hey, you know what? I can still love them and still say no. Wow. Right. That's good. Yeah. You know? And it, it it's it wasn't easy because sometimes you, you, I mean, you have to, I had to tell my mom, Hey, this is a boundary. I can't, I can't pick up AJ on X days or I can't do X, Y, and Z for you. This is all I can offer. And that's that. Yeah. You know, and, and having to tell somebody I can't be there for you all the time and I can't give you everything you want. It's a lot, right? Because naturally, you don't want to see your mom hurt. You want to love, yeah. you want to be there for your, for your loved ones. You want to do everything you possibly can. Right. We, we tend to say that. Yeah. I'll do whatever I can for those that I love, but you're neglecting yourself and you're hurting yourself. Right. And really you're hurting them. Wow. Because you're, you're giving with an empty cup. Yeah. Wow. If you don't set those boundaries. That and so really I cool. had to learn to give with what I could give. Right. So how was, how was that like with your mom? Right. Um, what was her response when you said, Hey mom, like, and Hey stepdad (laughs) at this point, like, this is it. I can no longer, um, be there for you guys the way that I've been in the past. And this is where I draw the line. Well, the first step was me getting out of the house and getting my own place. Okay. That was the first step because I can't set any boundaries if I'm physically with them naturally they're going to just be like oh we're going to go out take care of aj oh pick up aj from school we're going to give you the day off to pick him up right yeah like however that looks like so first off i had to physically have a boundary and then i had to say okay what what does this look like how can i love without feeling resentful yeah how can i serve without feeling annoyed or not wanting to be around you or whatever that looks like. And I had to figure it out. And I then said, Hey mom, this is how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. And I know you're going through it. And I know that it's taking a village right now for whatever, but I am my own person 
and I have to create something for myself. Mm. And that was the biggest thing for yeah. me. It was like, Hey, I, I refuse to be a part of your problems or whatever. This is me at 27 in therapy on my own, trying to create something for me. So what did she say when you told her that? She agreed. And it was very surprising yeah. because I'm I thought, surprised. I thought <laughs> I'm she surprised was going right now, to yeah. say, no, I need you. You know, this is what you went through as a child. I need you to be there and go above and beyond. Right. Yeah. That was my thought process. And for her to say, you know what? No, I understand. Yeah. So I'm kind of thinking about our listeners who maybe hearing this are struggling with setting boundaries with their parents and maybe a couple of teenagers who are listening to this and their first uh, option isn't to move out. But from what I'm hearing, there is a level of transparency and honesty that needs to happen as well before even deciding that. Um, So knowing this, do you have any advice for them or do you um, like with therapy has doing, I don't know how, um, you said cognitive behavioral therapy. Do you think that that specific therapy has helped? And would you promote that to, to people who are struggling with not knowing how to set those boundaries? Well, I think first of all, whatever advice I do give, um, I'm not a therapist. Yeah. So please don't run with this. Yeah. You know, I, I encourage to or based off your of your research, life, yeah. To do your research as well. Mm-hmm. Take yeah. this and and look at it, but combine that with research, proper research. Every family is is different, every family dynamic is different. And so if you're a teenager or whatever living at home and you're trying to learn boundaries with your parents, It's, it's, it's just, it's a different dynamic. Cause if you don't have a good relationship with your parents already, I, I don't have the advice for that. But for, if you do have a good relationship with your parents, I would encourage having a one-on-one and saying, Hey, this is where I'm feeling. This is, this is how I feel. And this is where I'm at. Mm-hmm. This is what I've been going through and being transparent and being vulnerable about whatever you can identify as your feelings. Right. You know, and just expressing that and letting them walk with you in that, I think that is key. will give the opportunity to create that boundary. Yeah. Because wow. if they don't understand how you feel, they won't know how to help you. Yeah. yeah. And I would say just even, even um, as Hector's best friend, right? Um, there's been instances where... <laughs> there's been instances where, you know, like there hasn't been communication in his, however he's feeling that day. And it's led me to Hector's always very responsive. Like I'm the one that leaves Hector hanging sometimes because I'm just like busy at work or whatever it may be. And when I'm just like, Hey bro, what you doing? And then are you going to come over? Yeah, I'm gonna go over. All right, cool. Yeah. Where you at? You coming? Who's getting cold? And it's, it's like, there's no response. And then the next day it's, Hey, I just wasn't feeling well, you know? And it's, it's something like, again, so key. And Hector's obviously got improved a lot in the, in those areas and communicating when he's not feeling well. It's just like, Hey, I'm just not feeling like going out today. Cool. And then we just go with it. Um, but I, I do think that communication is very important, 
And like you said, I think the, the key thing is whatever the dynamic is with the family, whatever the relationship or whether you have a healthy relationship with your mom and dad or with your brother and sister and um, or not. Because if you don't, then it makes it so much more difficult. Like I can imagine, you know, a bitter dad or a bitter mom with, you know, an angry child and you go in and you say, hey, mom, I need my space for what? Well, something that I've learned, and this is just through my marriage, is like we tend to get frustrated because we don't know how to express or explain what we're going through. And we're assuming that the other person will pick up on that emotion. Yeah. So I stress this because maybe you're at that point where you don't know how to communicate those things. And I'm wondering, has your therapist taught you how to um, put that into practice, how to better communicate or has they, have they like suggested like journaling or like just being more honest with people or or, I don't know. Explain. Yeah. I, I, one thing she did with, in, in walking with me in forgiving my parents and just working through that and navigating through that and my childhood was writing down everything I ever felt. Mm-hmm. All the negative, positive, everything. Mm-hmm. Write it down and then crumble it up and throw it away. And then write another one where you're acknowledging some of their faults. And the mistakes, but also the positive. So positive, negative, positive. And then in due time, whenever you're ready, read that to your mom or read that to your dad or your stepdad or whomever. Right. Wow. I haven't done that yet. I'm still working through that. That's the next step for me. Um, But it was was me identifying how I felt, first of all. Mm Mm-hmm. And what triggered that? And through that, having to literally communicate how I feel. I have a question. Why would, why would your therapist have you crumble what you wrote away? I guess as a, as a sign of letting go. This is like symbolic. Oh, of, yeah. Symbolic of the, yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so me learning boundaries and, and establishing that with my stepdad and my mom and friends and myself, I've had to literally verbally communicate that because if I don't verbally communicate it, they're not going to know. Right. It's impossible. Like you were saying to, to pick up what I'm laying down, I have to communicate and I have to communicate it effectively. Moment of transparency. Have you written anything about us? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> mm, no, I don't need to. I don't, I don't, that's, you guys Aww, are good. Yeah. Love you. Um, so. Say it back. I love you. She's validation. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Boundaries, Jenny. Yes. My bad, my bad, my bad. <laughs> and so I've had to just, the biggest thing is communication. Right. Communicate how I feel and communicate what I can give and what I can't give. And beyond that. Trust that they're going to respect my boundary. Mm. Mm-hmm. And when they question why I'm setting that boundary, because it protects me. Mm. Yeah. I don't have to give a reason, but if you want a reason, just protect myself. It's to protect this relationship. Okay. So it, that's, a, that's <laughs> to protect this relationship. Could you 
that mindset, like I've never, I've it's never realized it, it is. And I am a tour. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's interesting because I've in my marriage, right. In the short span that I've been married, I've seen how. To who are you married? To the greatest person in the world, Vanessa, shout the out. Yes. Um, but in, in this marriage, like I realize how those boundaries are important for her and I, where we like, sometimes it's just, and we don't have to talk about it. We just pick up each other's kind of vibe and we know they're having a rough day. Let me just give them some space. And then once, once we've both kind of like mellowed out, then it's, Hey, how's, how's your day been? Um, or it's just, we've been really like with each other a lot and I want my girl time. I want my guy time. And here we with are. <laughs> yeah. Here I, am with, here I am with the boys, the dub nation oh, or yeah. watching a game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, that wasn't me trying to make my voice deeper. <laughs> but, but that's, th- those are kind of like boundaries that we kind of give ourselves. And like, I, like I mentioned, sometimes it's, we don't even talk about it. So, um, maybe unconsciously you're doing it, yeah. but, you, but there's a difference I think between Hector and yourself, maybe you seeing it with your parents or her seeing it with her parents. Like it kind of makes it more, um, fluent for yeah. you guys to just recognize like, Hey, um, we both have like very high stress level jobs. Just yeah. going to let each other like mellow down and then we're going to verbalize like what we're experiencing or wanting to know like what they're experiencing. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then that's where communication comes key. Yeah, right. So, sure. um, but it's interesting. I never saw that in, in the, in this way, right? Like I'm doing this to protect my relationship. Mm, communicating to yeah. protect us. Yeah. Or, or not even that, but it's also like, yes, sorry. My mind got scrambled. Yes, it's eggs. <laughs> we're we're uh, communicating that to protect the relationship, and you create those boundaries to protect the relationship. Like that is mind blowing, because if you don't have those boundaries, and you can just imagine the friction that would happen. Yes, yeah. Exhibit A. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, it's learning that, and it's it's funny because you would think that that's something so like. Um, like you should already know this, but because like, and and for example, like, like my story, like I, I, both Walter and I don't come from like a, like a two parent home. Right. And it's us like trying to figure out, Oh, so we actually have to tell the other person that we're hungry and not (laughs) throw a fit. Right. You know, it's like little things like that. Yeah. You've, you've taught me something crazy today, best friend. So, um, what, so what was and your, you didn't go to Berkeley, huh? No, no. Oh man. He's, he's just You're teaching wise. a Berkeley man, bro. He's just wise. <laughs> so what For was, experience. What, what was it that even brought that kind of idea to, to mind, right? Like, how did you even come up with that? Is it something that your therapist said, Hey, you need to create these boundaries to protect your relationship. Or is it something that you just, she realized? taught me, she taught you that. She taught me. I, I had to, I remember a couple sessions. I would just, vent and say, this is about this. How I'm feeling. This is what's happening. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> <Take it. laughs> yeah. You know, and I, I would express how I'm feeling. And she was like, okay, you need boundaries and you need boundaries to protect yourself. Oh, she straight up told you. Yeah. That's my therapist. It's cool. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. And she was like, you need boundaries to protect yourself. Um, because 
you're just, again, you ha- you're putting yourself in a role you don't need to. Mm, that's right. Cool. With, with the AJ thing and being a father or whatever that looks like. I, I am not someone's dad. Right. I am not someone's boyfriend or bro, like whatever Yet. I like, I, I am Hector. Right. And I, I am me. And wait, better question. What are you? I'm Why like, am I the way am I? I'm going to do you one better. Why are you? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, it, it was just like, look, you can, you can be yourself. Mm-hmm. You don't have to put yourself in a different role. So create that boundary. Oh, that's crazy that you say that. Like it's, it's you reaffirming that it's almost like self-love. Like you're enough. Well, CBT, right? Yeah. It's, it's rewiring your brain and, and I reminding myself, I am not my parents' problem. Yeah. I am not a victim to, to their drama or I am not a parent. I, like I am Hector who lives in his own place, who works in the film industry with a good job. Who has good friends, a good inner circle. The best friends. Who enjoys going to batting cages. Like I have a healthy and a good life. Right. Right. Like I, I have a good life. So um, can you explain to, cause I know for me, CBT is like, I've been journaling through my CBT and it mm-hmm. was um, again, group therapy. Uh, if you've tuned in for the first time, like CBT cognitive behavioral therapy. It's just a form of therapy that you use to kind of like rewire your brain and the way that you think about certain circumstances or instances in life or life events. Right. So for you, can you give us an example of an event that happened, what your mind instantly went to and how CBT has helped you kind of change that to to view it differently? Well, again, my, the, the issues at home. Right. right. Okay. So let's start off. So, so mom and stepdad are fighting or yes. they get into an argument. That's the event that happened. Yes. Your initial response prior to CBT, what was that like? To save AJ and to protect my mom and to do whatever I could to ensure we get through this. Okay. And then after. So essentially like he'd be Superman. Yes. In that, in that moment. Yes. And then post CBT, what, what did that look like? It's not my problem. Like it sounds mean, but it's not my trauma. Shout out Vanessa. Shout out Vanessa. That's not my problem. It's not, it's not my trauma. It's not my marital problems. It's not my home issues. And so what did you have to do in between each time? Cause I mean, it's not something that from one argument to another, like your mind changes, right? Like Mm -hmm that that's practice that needs to take place over and over. Is that literally what like you say out loud to your parents or is it like what, you know, you say in your head Uh, In my head, I would, I need to protect whatever. And, and I just need to walk with them in this situation. Right. That was my mindset. I need to walk with them in this, in this situation because it's tough and they have to, we got, we're a family and we're going to navigate through it together. But Again, right? Yeah. It's not my marital issues. It's not something I have to directly be a part of. Yeah. And I know that, like, how long did it take before you had that breakthrough moment in, in realizing that with your parents? I don't remember a specific date. Well, you know what? I do. We were, you and I were going to Trader Joe's or something. Shout out couple, Trader Joe's. A couple weeks ago. Trader Joe's is Or a month ago. Uh-huh. I don't know for what, but we went 
And we were, we were talking in the car and I told you like, oh, my therapist was telling me, cause I, I remember I would tell you guys when we would hang out like, oh yeah, my life is good, but I just have this big drama. Right. Yeah. And I would associate that with me mm-hmm. that, that like other people's issues or other people's relationship or whatever was a part of me. Mm. Right. And that I had to be in it. But CBT is like, no, you do have a good life, Hector. Mm-hmm. You don't have drama. Right. Yeah. You, you don't have to be a part of that or you don't have to let it be a part of you. Right. And I, I think there's a difference to that, like it being a part of you and you let you letting it be a part of you. Right. Whoa. I didn't have to let it be a part of me anymore. Because your trauma didn't identify you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and that's where I set the boundary. And that's when I told my mom, Hey, this is all I can offer. And beyond that, I can't. Right. Yeah. It's um, to the listener, like CBT is really important. And I know that Brianna brought it up in the last episode where she was just like, Hey, you know, I really want to try CBT because, um, whatever her reasons are for it and and her wanting to try a different kind of therapy method. Um, for me, it's been a lifesaver because when I, I thought that I was losing my mind or losing control of my mind and it was just wandering, I had to reel myself in and say, Hey, you're not going crazy. Mm. And so every time that I felt my mind was like shifting, I'm like, you're not going crazy. And repeating that to myself in certain moments where the brain fog was just really heavy or, you know, whatever the situation was, is just reminding myself, Hey, it's, this is just the effect of whatever. Mm. You might be just a little bit overstressed. You might be whatever. And when it manifests, like my anxiety manifested itself physically, then, you know, CBT came in to rescue. And now it's just like, it changes the way that I view things because wow. when, whenever I do feel like I'm losing my mind instantly, I tell myself, this is just your anxiety. It'll, it'll be over by tomorrow or in the next day or two deal with it for three days. And then you're going to be fine. Mm. And every time it just gets better and better and better. It saved me. Yeah. Wow. I don't, I don't have to think that I'm never going to be more than my childhood. Yeah. I've taught myself through CBT that I can be more and that I can create something healthy for me. Right. And that I can have a good life. I can have healthy friendships and a healthy relationship with someone else and with myself and with family through boundaries. It's literally helped me in every possible way. Right. That's awesome, man. I'm really proud of you. I mean, I know that like boundaries was something. We're really proud of you. <laughs> yes, we are. Yes. As a mom and as we... a best friend. <laughs> as a friend and as a best friend. Yeah. Yes. Wow. <laughs> no, um, I think that, you know, uh, knowing Hector before everything, like I, I would have never imagined. Dude, you're a completely new person. Yeah. Like you're glowing friend. I am glowing. It's my skincare routine. Wow. <laughs> boundaries. <laughs> yeah, no. And and I think that these, these boundaries, like it's, it's so important because when there's, if there's a listener out there that has gone through a similar situation with abandonment and then, and then re- kind of responding to the abandonment in the exact same way by people pleasing, mm-hmm. by giving their everything, not acting as the abandoner, but the ab- abandonee, right? Um, then they can really benefit from the fact that 
I need to create these boundaries. I need to realize that I am not identified by my trauma, that I can communicate like with my friends, family, my loved ones and just say, Hey, I'm not feeling that great right now. This is where I draw the line. Please don't go like <laughs> through that line. And then we can continue to vibe together. Right. Cause again, like you said, it's, it's so important. And I think it's important to note too, um, before setting those boundaries, um, seeking professional help, because mm-hmm. if you're in this cycle of like, I don't know, trauma or uh, not having a healthy men- mental state, yeah. you need a professional yeah. and let this be an encouragement that, Hey, your next step is to seek help. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So, you know, like the fact that you did it, I, I applaud you um, because it's, it's difficult. And I think as a man, which I think that that's probably something that we should talk about, you know, Dude, so, yes. so yeah, in, in, in this podcast where for, for guys, it's so much more difficult to, to express our feelings or emotions or what 100%. our thoughts are. Yeah. And, and so, you know, when you look at suicide rates amongst like men and women, you know, it's just because guys just don't talk. Guys are just not willing to say, Hey, I'm going through it where, you know, like I know, I know that's not the case with women at the well, same ratio. Yes. At the same ratio. Go. Yeah. So, um, you know, women are probably a little bit more willing to speak than guys are. Um, I think more so it's because of culture, you know, yeah, you have this 100%. like machismo vibe that the man is always supposed to be. And, and that's, yeah. that's in like Latin communities as we've learned recently, like it's in Asian communities, it's in minority groups really. And then bringing that into the U S in the melting pot People just do not like, how do you navigate through that in a country that promotes it? They might not provide the best resources for it because it's like difficult as hell. And I know that Hector, like you've had a good experience in in being able to acquire a therapist, find a great therapist, you know, right off the bat. But um, it's not the same kind of experience for everybody. So the fact that, you know, you've had that, you've been able to speak about it. You've been able to say, hey, I need help as a man, <laughs> as a Latino man in, in the United States and having the support, right? Like it, it always comes down to that too. Having great support, not only from your family, that's your mom said, Hey, go for it. You know? And, um, and you know that Jenny and I, and my wife and Walter, like we support you. My husband, um, Walter, <laughs> her husband, Walter, <laughs> like we, we support you. So, um, yeah, but dude, I, I applaud you. It's, it's a big thing to do. Thank you. Yeah. I, I would, um, <clears throat> I would encourage everybody to, to pursue therapy in whatever form that looks like for you. I know financially not everybody can afford it. Yeah. I've been fortunate enough through my insurance to be able to have therapy and have it a lot throughout a year. Um, but do your research, have people, allow people to walk with you in doing the research, allow them to walk with you in your healing. Yeah. Because it takes a village. It really does. 100%. It's taken you for and other people to get to where I am and you for and other people to continue to walk with me to get where, to get to where, where I want to be. Right. You know? Yeah. It takes a village. So last question so that we can close out. Um, what would you say are your next steps 
in, in it? Like, do you want to continue pursuing therapy? Do you, I don't know when you're kind of like year mark, you said you're approaching a year, correct? In October. Yeah. Still so, you, so you're approaching a year, like after that year, I don't know if there's a point where your therapist said, Hey, it's up to here. You know, like, so what are, what are the next steps? What does that look like for you? Well, I, I think I'd like to continue to pursue therapy. Um, I, my last session was about a month ago. I had to cancel my last two sessions because of work. So I, I'll have it again in two weeks from today. Um, but I'd like to continue therapy. I, I think there are still areas in my, in my life and in my healing that I need to work through, you know, such as forgiving people and freeing myself of, of childhood issues and, and resentments and all that other good shenanigans. And I mean, they're not so good, but you know. Yeah. But I, I would like to continue therapy. Yeah. And beyond that, I, I think it's just good, you know, having somebody to walk with you. I can call, I can call her, I can be like, email her like, Hey, I'm going through this. I need you. Yeah. You know, can you make in uh, a late availability? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would, I would like to continue therapy. You know, I have specific things that I want to work to walk in, but I just want to have it. Yeah. You know, it's so good. It's good. Speaking of walking with people, mm-hmm. I think it's important to announce that we will be expanding our blog with resources soon. Yeah. 100%. So, um, we do want to share our stories a little bit deeper. I know that Jenny, you've shared your story and uh, I've thanked you for it, you know, and, uh, I've shared my story. Uh, Brianna shout out, like she, she killed it last episode and now Hector, you know, yes. thank you so much for sharing your story. So as we kind of go through this, we want to dive a little bit deeper into our experiences, kind of our updates and things that we're doing. So, um, there's that. And we do have a resource that we can actually share now to the listener. What's that? So if you are in the Los Angeles County, uh, you can actually get Headspace for free. They can? They can. How? And Headspace is actually um, a kind of meditation mindfulness app that allows you to go through breathing exercises, learn how to manage stress. And they kind of walk you through these meditations, mindfulness um, techniques and all of that stuff. So it's very similar to the Calm app. I personally prefer the Calm app, but Headspace is free. So if you are in the LA County, again, uh, we will be providing the link for you. In the description of this podcast, also make sure that you follow us at the unfed ones, uh, where we will also be sharing that on Instagram, right? On Instagram. Awesome. I think another thing that we do have is a coupon code. Yes. So, uh, we actually had a giveaway shout out to Leslie. Woo! Our first giveaway recipient. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, uh, we, she actually was a winner of our anti-anxiety notebook by therapy notebooks. And we actually reached out and were able to get a $5 discount code from them. So if you would like to get your hands on this anti-anxiety notebook, use the code, the unfed ones at checkout. So good. Yeah. So again, if you have listened this far, thank you so much. And just a little friendly reminder, you are loved, you are cared for, and there is a purpose for you being here. Yes, sir. So thank you so much. You guys have a good one and we'll see you on the next one. Bye. Later. Thank you. If you're thinking about suicide or worried about a friend or a loved one, 
or would like emotional support, please contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 or visit them at www.suicidepreventionlifeline.org.